programs and welcome to another episode of fan holes big in japan i'm justin and i'll be your host this evening joining me tonight are two of my fellow digi destined why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves hey what's up this is derek derek wc you've got mail hey it's mike what what does Mike Mon digivolve into? Oh geez, I don't know. Michael Mon? Michael Mon, Ultimate War Mike Mon. <laughs> Ultimate War Mike Mon. Yeah. On this episode we will be discussing Digimon the movie. What we know as Digimon the movie was released October the sixth in the year two thousand. This film is comprised of three separate films. Digimon Adventure was released March 6, 1999 in Japan, which was followed by the animated series one day later. Digimon Adventure Hour War Game was released March 4, 2000. Digimon Adventure 02 Part 1 Digimon Hurricane Landing and Part 2 Transcendent Evolution The Golden Digimentals was released on July 8, 2000. Uh, this episode was suggested by Mr. Derek Crabb. So, Derek, I know you've seen this film before, but did you see this in the theater? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I um, I was trying. Th- this gives me all kinds of like nostalgia memories and stuff yeah. like that because it's like I was thinking about it and I'm like, "Holy shit, dude! This fucking movie's twenty years old!" Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, did you uh, on the movie is twenty years old? And I was like, I was like, dude, like. I, I don't know when this is going to get released, but maybe if it gets released this year, this podcast, I was like, it, we should be like 20th anniversary special of Digimon the movie celebration or whatever. But yeah, I was thinking about this. Like this, this film, I mean, it was definitely in the heyday of me getting into anime. You know, I was discovering like DBZ on Cartoon Network and all that other stuff. And anytime I saw something that was anime that I could see in a theater I would go and see and obviously this was this was after you know Pokemon the movie right um, Pokemon the movie I think I went and saw in Westwood but by the time this movie came out um, there was a really nice uh, theater complex that was built basically like that's that's how old this movie is but at the time it was like it was brand new and and so at that point we were always going there to watch the movies because it was like you know, 10 minutes away from us, but it was a really nice 
complex and everything. And I, I remember going to watch that, I think with one of my buddies, and I think I, I hooked on to the whole Ty Sora thing that was going on in the, the second part of the film mm. and everything. Because, of course, at the time, I was I was into some young lady, and I was a young man at the time, so it was okay. Um, and uh, her name was uh, Sarah. I'm just going to say it. And, and, and Sora's name was Sora. So, obviously... Like, there was some kind of uh, correlation that I invented in my head and everything. But, uh, yeah, my, my buddy made fun of me and everything like that. And also, the uh, I think after that, like, I started running around wearing goggles on my head. And, um, and what was funny was when I, when I went into the... Uh, when I went into the comic shops on Wednesday and stuff like that, people were like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, Jack Knight. He's doing a Jack Knight thing. And I was like, dude, Digimon, bro, you know? So it was, like, really stupid. But, I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I love this movie. Like, like I, I don't know if... I, I was kind of worried because I was like, I haven't seen it in a while. So I was like... And I know, you know, of course, all the fuddy-duddy critics, you know, I was like, you know, what, what did I say the last time? Well, like, you know, fuck Lawrence Olivier, you know, like, fuck the critics or whatever with the Pokemon shit. But I, I feel that way with Digimon, too, because I see, like, all the, the critics were like, oh, this is a nonsensical, jumbled mess of blah 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 And, like, I, I know even though, you know, I, I mean, this definitely has, like, a, I guess, a harmony gold treatment, you know, where they're trying to fuse together things from from various short films because you know obviously the Japanese don't release animated films necessarily the same way that we do so essentially like you described there's that 20 minute kind of introductory Digimon film and then there's the what I think is probably the best part of this movie you know the main I don't know what you call it the pinnacle the I mean, if you're talking about, like, different segments, like, within, say, an anthology, and if you view this Digimon film as an anthology of Digimon shorts, like the, what is it called, the war, the overtime war? I don't I don't remember what the hell it's called now, because um, I gotta be honest, like, the, the, Justin had sent me some links to watch our, our war game, right, that one, like... The, the he had sent me some links to watch the Japanese versions of this, and and I have never seen the Japanese versions of Digimon before tonight, um, and so like that was that was interesting and kind of weird too, you know, to see like the the little subtle differences, the discrepancies between something, but I don't know, like it's it's funny, but like I do have like a lot of strong nostalgia for this film and then and then immediately after that and and people will see this on the the facebook and the twitter or whatever not too long after that i went to that sound station place that i'm always talking about when i lived in la where they had you know usually like you know new dvds under the counter and all that other kind of stuff and they were always really cheap so i would get you know cool you know anime dvds for like eight and twelve bucks or whatever it was and i remember getting digimon the movie and I remember getting it way earlier, and the reason why was because, and, and you'll see this in the photo, it was a, a screener. So it was like a DVD screener. So they had Digimon, and I was like, well, dude, why do they have this so early? And it's like, I think it was like eight ninety nine or something. And I was like, Digimon, the movie! I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to buy this. Um, of course, being a, 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 a film uh, aficionado or, or Philistine or whatever, you know, I, I will point out that it is one of those... Uh, sucky ass, you know, 
pan and scan, you know, fit the screen, you know, versions of Digimon the movie. And I, I don't think there is anything official. I mean, I think the way the rights are right now, it's all kind of weird. I, I assume now Disney has the rights to Digimon the way it breaks down in today's day and age somehow. But um, I don't know if there's... I, I highly doubt. There, I mean, you know, they're going to release that fucking Jetsons movie in Blu-ray, but they're not going to release Digimon the movie in widescreen. <laughs> so anyway, on Blu-ray. But yeah, I, I would I would dig a high-def version. I know there's plenty of high-def versions for, you know, the, the Japanese um, shorts that we're discussing and everything, but obviously there's not, like, a lot of dub stuff or whatever. But yeah, and, and then this, I think, I mean, I had probably watched a few episodes of Digimon on television, but I think this movie, like, especially that our war game short, like that main short where, you know, Ty and uh, Izzy are, are fighting in the digital world against the, the virus and everything. Like, that was the, the I think, t- to me, this is that's the one that holds up for me the most. You know, like, that's the one I still get engrossed in and engaged in and everything like that. Not to say that the other two shorts are not. They don't have some fantastic moments, like where the... The, the war gray mon like steps over the little kids and everything and it, they they look like Godzilla monsters and shit fighting in the middle of the you know or, or like you know Gamera or some shit fighting in the middle of Japan or whatever like there, there's some good moments in all of them and of course you know I, I can't go by without mentioning my man Terrier mon like it was like that that was the other thing my buddy always made fun of me for because it was like I was dude it's a little dog and it's got fucking machine gun hands it's fucking awesome like, but yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I love that shit. So, um, I, I think it's great. And yeah, I mean, I, you know, we can talk about discrepancies and differences later, but I mean, I, I, I guess I have a lot of nostalgia and fondness for this film. If you haven't seen it, I don't know that you'll, you'll necessarily like share my appreciation for it. I do think it's probably something where, you know, you kind of had to be in the middle of the zeitgeist, or maybe if you were a kid at the time and grew up with it, you'd you'd come back and appreciate it with a sense of nostalgia or something like that. I mean, I was I was in my mid, well, I don't know, early twenties, I think, when this came out. So so that's that's my level of nostalgia for it. But yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much. I mean, as far as a brief overview of my my feelings and how I first came to watch it, that's pretty much how it all went down. What about you, Mike? You'd seen this before, right? Yeah, like I didn't see it in theaters, but I did rent it when it came out, like on in video on video. And like my history with with Digimon is basically like I would I watched it like pretty regularly. Like I think I've seen the first like you know two seasons and then the the series after that with the cards. And like you know I wouldn't like go crazy like following it, but I'd watch it just because I was watching you know cartoons at the time like in the afternoon. But uh, like I. Like, I rented this, and I remember not being very impressed with it. And, like, I don't know why. Maybe, I think there was, like, all my friends, like, were into Pokemon at the time. And I think there was, like, an element of shame, like, almost to it. Where it's, like, wait, like, well, first of all, there's, like, the layer of, like, you know, you like Pokemon. But then there's the layer of, not only do you like Pokemon, you like this apparent ripoff of Pokemon, too. Like... And, like, I, I know it's not that, but, like, I, I feel like that's the, like, feeling I had about it. And even though, like, you know, in retrospect, like, I feel like Digimon was a much better, like, show than Pokemon. Like, even though, like, you know, people weren't as, like, engrossed by it, I guess, like, as, like, the Pokemon phenomenon. But, yeah, like, I mean, I don't have a whole lot of, like, nostalgic 
like fondness for this movie, but I do like I did have like, you know, deja vu, like nostalgia feelings like when I watched it where I like I would hear a line and I'd be like, oh, yeah, OK, like, yeah, like I, I just like it touched a little like, you know, the the kid part of my brain or something like and I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember like because when this came out, I was probably I was like probably in my late teens, maybe mid teens. So like, I, I, you know, there is some element, not as much as Derek, like I wasn't wearing goggles or whatever. Like, oh, by the way, Derek, now I'm thinking of you like wearing like a hero, Yui like green tank top with goggles. Like, <laughs> totally true. Totally. So, happened. Yeah, it was for real. But, like, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't bad at much into it. But like, yeah, this is something I rented and I watched and like I, I like I, I don't think I re- saw it more than once. But like I do, you know, remember it and like. Rewatching it like uh, earlier today, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in here that I probably, you know, like like tropes in this and Digimon in general that I like. So, like, if, if I revisited the series, I'd probably like gain a like a much bigger appreciation for it. As for myself, this is a film I've seen many, many times. I didn't get to see it in the theater, but I ran out and bought it when it was on VHS and I still have my copy. I also have the soundtrack for this. I remember, I don't think I was looking for it. I just kind of, I don't know. I've always liked movie soundtracks and movie scores. I just remember going to FYE and just flipping through various soundtracks. And I was like, oh, Digimon the movie? Oh my God. I immediately ran up and bought it. And I was like super excited because I was a huge, huge Digimon fan. What Mike is saying is pretty much my experience too. It's like there was this layer that if you liked pokemon like that was a layer of shame or ridicule but if you also like digimon which a lot of people who were not in the know i guess kind of viewed it as a, a ripoff which it's not really but uh it's like if you like digimon like that was kind of even beneath liking pokemon somehow are you guys but, uh, are you guys saying that digimon is the gobots of of pocket monsters or something i I'm not saying that, but I think that's how, like, noobs or normies see it, maybe. I see, I see. Yeah. Okay, okay. But uh, I I was huge into this show. Like, I remember watching that first season. Like, I remember, like, way back, back, back in the day, like, talking on Bot Talk about Digimon, and we were always like, oh, man, like, who's the last Digidestin? Like, what are they going to do? Oh, man, how are they going to beat the Dark Masters? This is so cool. And then, um... What really got it for me was that second season. I love that second season. Like, all those characters. Like, I thought Ken was really interesting. You know, like, I mean, you guys know me. Like, I, I like Magneto-type characters, and Ken was the Magneto-type. And then when he, like, had his moment, and he, you know, Wormon died, and he started crying. And then he got Wormon back and everything. I was like, oh, man, like, this is great. Like, I love this show. This is great. And um, I had a lot of those little, like, three or four inch minifigures. What I remember is, this is also like nostalgia, but I remember I had this like CD case and the front and the back covers, like they were full of stickers of Digimon because anytime you bought one of those little figures, it would come with a sticker. So if you bought like Stingmon or Angemon or War Greymon, you would get a little sticker of them. And I like, I remember I filled my CD case full of those stickers and I, I eventually ran out of room. And uh, going back to, like, the GoBot Shane, I remember a buddy of mine was, like, wanting to borrow some CD or something. I was like, I just handed him the case, and he, like, unzipped it, and he just looked at the inside cover, and he was like, dude, 
you have an unhealthy obsession with uh, Pokemon. I was like, they're not Pokemon. I was like, those are Digimons. And he was like, all right, all right, all right. That reminds me of like getting uh, made fun of by my my shotgun writing friends when I would play like you know anime soundtracks or whatever you know that kind of thing. And then and then I think like because around this time and and maybe moving forward like you, you're talking about what Digimon stuff you had like I was I was I don't have any of the stuff anymore. I think most of it didn't survive the Great Purge, but I I would get like just little you know. It, in addition to a lot of the Dragon Ball Z figures, I got like usually like one or two little keepsakes of, you know, some anime show that I dug or liked, and I kind of had this little anime shelf. I think the only thing that survived from that was the the Morrigan from that Toy Biz Street Fighter versus Marvel two pack or whatever that was, Marvel versus Capcom, you know, type thing. I had, like, you know, the McFarlane Trigun, and then I think somebody, one of my buddies got me, like, I don't think it was a McFarlane, but they got me one of the Japanese, like, Wolfwoods or whatever that had all those, you know, guns and ammo and crosses and all that shit. And then, uh, like, I had, I had like, uh, a little Pikachu electronic thing, and and uh, so for, for Digimon, I, I love TK. Like, TK, to me, was, like, the Franklin Richards of, of Digimon or whatever. Like I thought he was super boss and TK had uh, Patamon. And then I had the Patamon that transformed into Angemon. Cause I thought that was pretty cool. So I, I was actually going to ask you about that, Derek. I was like, do you like, okay. Like TK. Yeah. I was kind of like TK is like the Gohan, like sort of kid, but like Davis is like the hot rod kind of. So like, he, ooh, he ooh, yeah, he is. Like, well, I, I was I mean, always it's... on like, I was always kind of on like team TK. Like I always preferred him to Davis, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think the other thing though, that like, and this is weird for me to say, cause I don't feel this way about hot rod, but like hot rods, not like, let me put it this way. Hot Rod is not like Lyo Jr., but Davis is like Lyo Jr. Like, Davis <laughs> think, is like yeah. Brent in Planet of the Apes. Like, Davis is just kind of the same character with a different name. And then what equally makes it strange to me is Davis is like Ty, but, da- but Davis is into Ty's sister, so that makes it also kind of like, dude, TK, bro, <laughs> TK, like a hundred percent, bro. Like, because the other, the other way is just a little too weird, bro. Well, I think like I was val- like, Team Four Star did an abridging of this movie, and like I think they validated me because they were like they 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 abridged like the middle part with you know you know Ty and uh, Matt doing like you know the internet thing, but like at the very end, like Ty's like you know. And we've we've saved the future for like a promising new generation of like digi destined. And then it cuts to Davis just like going na 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 Davis na 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 Davis. So like I feel like that validated it for me. I was like, yeah, I don't. Davis is a freaking moron. Like, it's interesting too because I I think in watching some of the the Japanese versions of this. I mean, I kind of see that moronicism. I don't know if that's a word, but the the moronic nature of of Davis applied to Ty a little bit. And I, I felt like the dub really emphasized the whole like Ty's the leader, and Ty gets us all together, and Ty has a lot of like 
Cyclops aspects to him that I dig, where it's like, he's calling everybody on the phone, and he's leaving the voicemails, and he's, you know, he's trying to organize and, and, and have a strategy and all that other stuff. But I, I feel like a lot of that is, is dub-infused language and wording because so, sometimes when i watch the japanese version it's more like he's running around trying to do shit and then he's like ma get me some oolong tea ma you know it's just like oh <laughs> but that's not exactly what what he was saying in the um in in the english dub or whatever i always did kind of feel bad that like I, like doesn't like sora end up with matt like instead like so i always kind of felt bad like it was like gene gray got with wolverine instead of cyclops <laughs> yeah, or yeah, something yeah. yeah or or like i i always kind of thought i don't know how you guys feel about this but I, I feel like you you talked before mike about tropes that you got used to or accustomed to and i think this movie in addition to like dragon ball z having like fusions between you know vegeta and goku and all that kind of stuff like i i felt like ty and matt were like the the Goku Vegeta, you know, like they, they had a rivalry, but when they had to throw down with something, you know, that was a threat to both of them, they teamed up and then, you know, at some point they could even, you know, have their, their characters merge into uh, a fused Digimon or whatever. And I went, Oh, okay. Like that kind of introduced me into that. What, what I think is a kind of atypical Japanese trope in, in those, you know, the anime cartoons and, 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 you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I always dug that. Like, and like, Justin, you were saying earlier about what's his face, Ken. Like, I always, I did, even though I don't like Davis, I was kind of like, oh, Ken and Davis do a rival fusion, like in the second season. So, like, that's pretty, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I always thought it was cool, like, that uh, not only did the Magneto join the team, but uh, his Digimon can fuse with uh, Davis's Digimon. I was like, oh, wow, like DNA Digimon. I was like, Oh man, this is like fusing in Dragon Ball Z. This is so cool. So, do you guys have a favorite Digimon? And Mike, Scyther is not a Digimon. I don't know why you have a Scyther avatar. <laughs> yeah, I, I was too lazy to find a new uh, <laughs> avatar, so I just put Scyther there. Scythermon. No, <laughs> I honestly like. Maybe like what's his for Izzy's Izzy's uh, partner, uh, the bug. Oh, Tentamon. Like, yeah, like, I, I always like the look of him, and, like, you know, I, I I just generally like bug guys, so probably, yeah, probably Tentamon, yeah. And, like, I, I do like it, like, I, I like TK, and I like Iz, Izzy's probably my favorite, like, kid of the originals, so. Me, me and Matt saving, me and Mike saving the world. <laughs> yeah, like, Izzy, Izzy's kind of like, I guess, like, the Billy, like, of the team or whatever, so. I mean, he. It's funny how like a lot of characters, as part of the Digidestin in that film, don't do diddly squat. And and like I guess if you were, I, I mean, I suppose if you were a fan of one of those other characters, like maybe you'd be let down that you know all they got to do was take a test or vacation in Hawaii or, or you know that that kind of thing. But then the the more I thought about it, I was kind of like, well, you know, like you need you need Ty. Right. And, and then and then Izzy is is a must, too. Right. Because how else are they all going to get on the Internet back in, you know, 2000 without, you know, some kind of tech kid to, to kind of show them the way or whatever, you know, like. So I, I don't know. I just uh, it's funny because I, I think typically my my general reaction would be, oh, that's 
that's bad writing and, and you need to have everybody have a moment and this and that and the other thing. But I mean, it's a 40 minute short, you know, like, I mean, you're lucky that, that Matt and TK got to, um, you know, run around their, their, uh, Japanese, uh, countryside or whatever it is, which remind me of visiting Justin now, um, you know, because it's like they're all running around looking for a PC, and everybody's like, "We don't got no PC. What the hell's that?" You know, <laughs> it's like they're like. Eventually, they get into the the barber shop or whatever, which has like the only working PC that's connected to the internet. You know, and I, I like how like it, it, and it's not quite the same in the the Japanese language, but the 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 sentiment is the same where. You know, Ty's like, who are all those weirdos around you? And then he's like, these are my best friends because they're letting me use the fucking computer. You know? Shut <laughs> <laughs> the fuck up. You know? Yeah. That, that did, that, uh, that did kind of, like, take me back because I remember, like, back when it was, you know, not everyone around here had a computer. And people would just kind of be like, hey, can I come over and use your computer? And I'm just like, um, okay. And then it turned into... Uh, hey, can we come over? You guys have got a printer, right? Like, we need to print something. <laughs> and so it was like, oh, it's, it turned into, you know, we need to use your computer. And then they had a computer eventually. And then it's like, oh, we don't have a printer, but you do. So we're going to use your printer. Something else that made me a little nostalgic was seeing, like, all the old computers and easy, like, you know, using a dial-up modem. And then uh, I, I always thought it was funny, like, Izzy needs a satellite phone. He just runs out, buys one, and comes straight back. And I was always impressed by that. I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> mm. I, I when everyone takes their phones out, like like I was kind of like, "Wow, did that many people have portable phones back in 2000?" I think that's kind of around the point where it it got more affordable and popularized, like. I mean, I, I don't know, it's funny, but, like, I, I'm thinking of this, like, as a nostalgic movie, and, oh, wow, it was 20 years ago, and, and, and you know, to, to me, it reminds me of, of uh, you know, that girl I had a thing for and all that stuff, but, I mean, I remember, I remember also having a little flip phone, you know, like, I mean, it was a piece of shit, like, it, 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 it probably charged for, like, 30 fucking minutes and, and could make, like, maybe two phone calls if you were fucking lucky. But, I mean, I had one. You know what I mean? Like, like the idea was, I think at that point, like, when this is going to be all Doogie Hauser and shit, but I think at that point, I had a pager, and I had that phone. So the idea was, if it was a really big emergency, somebody would page me, and then I could use that flip phone and talk to them for, like, 20 minutes, and then the flip phone was fucking dead. You know what I mean? Like, but, I mean, and so it wasn't like it was now, but, I mean, I think, I think that... I mean, and then you got to think about it too. I mean, I mean, technically, that's supposed to be what, like Tokyo, right? Like, so, I mean, that's that's probably a little different than, say, I don't know, like the the prefecture or wherever the you know TK and Matt are supposed to be, right? They they all don't have cell phones, right? So, so something we've kind of skirted the edge of is uh, certain elements of this film would be edited and rewritten for the U.S. release, uh, in addition to combining the three separate shorts into one narrative. I guess the biggest difference is the last segment where a lot of scenes of the first Digi Destin crew, like 
they were completely removed. You you didn't get to see that version, did you, Derek? The Japanese version of that film? Yeah, I did. That, oh, okay. Like I said, the the first time I watched it was last night, and that's why I was like, "Holy crap, this really goes on much longer than I expected." And I was like, yeah. "I don't remember this shit." Like what? Like like, and I was I was trying to I was like, I don't remember all of them getting all young and coming into the the vortex or whatever it was. Like, and and the, and then when I you know I I went back and revisited the. Because I, I watched the Japanese stuff first because I had never seen it, mm. and then I rewatched Digimon the movie and went, oh, you know, they're not even like that whole subplot is is not in it. And then it's like the 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 other thing that you're probably about to go into, but the the other thing that they tried to use as a anchor or like a through line for all the shorts was like they they kept mentioning the the character of Willis. And mm-hmm. and Willis is what they ultimately lead to in this Digimon Adventure Two or you know Hurricane Landing Transmetal Digimetals whatever the fuck it's called right <laughs> like so so D- Willis is the English name and then and then of course Rorish or Wallace is <laughs> is the name of the American kid in the in the Japanese you know it's like oh hello my name is Rorish. And like it's funny because th- there's there's like those th- it's like it's like watching those uh, what was it those uh, uh, I can't even think of it the um, the the Ultraman dubs you know from from uh, whatever country that is I can't even think of it now but uh, you know it's like it's like people trying to speak English you know but but it, it's like look it's authentic English and somebody's like. Hello, mother. I go to store and I'm buying the fruits. You know, and you're just gonna like, okay, well, yeah, it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of English, like sort of or whatever. And 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 they, they've got a lot of that in in interspersed and like that. That was the one. I mean, it kind of reminds me of when we had that talk about the Highlander movie, Justin. Like mm. the that second Digimon adventure thing, like the Japanese one. It's it's very laborious to watch, like, the whole thing. Like, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I find it, I mean, it's like, I guess what I'm saying is I, I can totally see the studio execs going, oh, we can't, like, I mean, I, I think when I looked on the Wikipedia page, they blamed it on they only had enough financing to make, like, an 85-minute yeah. animated movie or whatever. But, I mean, I can also see the perspective of, oh, holy crap, we, you know, this is boring as shit. Like, let's... Let's just cut, cut in all the fight scenes because by then all the parents will be asleep, and the only thing the kids will care about is the dog with the fucking Gatling guns, you know. And let's just do that, <laughs> you know. Like, and it's like I think, I mean, I kind of think that was the right move. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, like I, I think in this sense, and and again, maybe this speaks to my whole theory of whatever I saw first, I like better. I, I think there were some interesting differences and in things, you know, like like that through line with with Willis, right? Like, like, I mean, it doesn't really change too much about the, our war game, you know, like, like, and, and, and they have Kari narrate and kind of say, oh, and at the same time, you know, we, we were, we were witnessing Digimon, you know, Willis was witnessing his Digimon too, you know, and kind of trying to hit you over the head with like, there's a reason why we're ending with this Willis thing because we're we're leading up to this Willis movie or whatever, basically. And it's like, 
I kind of appreciate that because uh, uh, for me, I mean, a lot of people describe it as being Frankenstein together, but I mean, that's a good through line to mention him constantly. And then also, he's the one talking to Izzy the whole time, you know, over the, the dial-up. You know, like, whoops, I created, um, what what was that guy's name? You know, fuck up your shit, Oman, or what, you know, the guy, the virus guy. Like, whatever, whatever that thing's <laughs> name is, he's like, oh, I accidentally created it. It's all my fault, or whatever. And it's like, oh, okay, so that tie, you know, it, it's kind of like there's a reason why you're seeing all this stuff. And they, they kind of just framed it as like, hey, this took place, you know four years ago, and this is four years later, and now this is the present. And then it, it sounded like the reason why the other, the, the other reason why the higher-ups wanted Digimon Adventure 2 in it, even though it was, to be honest, like, I mean, for me, I think it's the weakest one of the three that they pulled from, right? Like, and, and, uh, but I think the reason why that was such a mandate was, hey, we want to, we want to sell this new show, you know, like, we want to sell the the, the new cast and, and, and what we're moving forward with, and we don't want to just focus on something that's already close to being off the air or is just in reruns, you know? And it's like, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I, I can appreciate all those reasonings, you know? Like, and, and again, inserting Willis into the, the Digimon adventure, like the first two ones, I think in the Japanese version, Izzy or whatever his Japanese name is, just like, Hey, I talked to some kid from Australia, you know, and it's like, well, if it's just some kid, you know, like changing it to make it somebody who's actually quote unquote important, you know, like I, I don't see that as being a bad thing. I actually see that as being, I mean, it's pretty clever, I think, but that that's just me. I mean, I, I think they, they, they worked with what they had and they, you know, the fact that they're not necessarily connected, but the fact that maybe the the continuity within the Japanese shorts is very strong just helps with that but they they added some things that that made it really solidified so I mean I, I don't know I, I I guess I I lean towards I I enjoy what what they did to quote unquote Frankenstein it together like I don't I don't view it as hideous as a Frankenstein thing like it might be kind of like the Bride of Frankenstein, or or maybe even you know something even better than that, like an actual like successful s- synthetic form of life. Like to me, it's more like Data, where I'm like, hey, that's that's pretty good, you know. Like that turned out pretty decent, you know. I agree with you, and I used to not have that train of thought. Like I remember back in the day getting one of those like crappy magazines that had like you know half-assed like synopsis of like Majin Buu saga and you know a bunch of like art they got from the internet or whatever and one of those magazines had like some crappy screenshots of the first Digidestin as kids and they were like some scenes were removed from this movie and I was like what like well why did they do this I was like how dare they like cut up this movie like this is a great movie how dare you like I was all like outraged you know like how dare they do this but then when I sit down and watched it, I was like, okay, I, I can kind of see this. And I've only seen the Japanese versions of these movies. This is probably the third time for this podcast. I I totally see what they were thinking. I mean, I, I agree with you. The third segment is the weakest. I still like it, but I can totally see why because it's – there's some really slow parts where not a lot is going on. And I can also see the reasoning for completely changing the music because – 
the music is so weird and moody do, and jazzy. Do do you? I mean, I I don't know. Maybe I'm just reading into it too much. But that jazzy aspect, like, I feel like somebody was just watching a bunch of Cowboy Bebop and was like, "Hey, can we get like a, a can we do poor, that? the poor man's version of that?" And it's like that. That's what it felt like. Where it's just like they were doing the zippity doo bop wah, you know, type thing in the middle of like this this you know digivirus you know whatever it is that little hurricane and stuff like and it was it was kind of weird because like i i knew i knew that and then and then we were talking about this uh, a little earlier before we started the show but like that that whole thing especially in the 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 first two parts and i think it comes back in this this part too but they they use that it's it's uh maurice ravel bolero you know it's the, the you know that that classical music song and that's playing like when when the the virus comes and when like i think when when they're looking up at the sky at night in the the first short or whatever and it's just like i was just like oh and 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 think about this like like think about it's the difference between that's classical. So you know what that means? That means there's no rights. That means it's free. That means they they wouldn't have had to pay for anything, right? But versus, like, they couldn't handle that being the music, right? Like, so they, they either had their own soundtrack score from from the TV show, you know, the kind of, you know, dun-dun-dun, or whatever, whatever it was, you know, that was in the background... Or you know, as as uh, as you guys have mentioned, you know, you get your your all star, you know, like all, all that kind of stuff that's gone. Your bare naked ladies, you know, like all that kind of stuff that's like playing in the background, right? And then I guess I guess you know that I guess the terminology that's usually used these days is it was it was done to Americanize. But I mean, it's true of like the edibles too, right? Like you can't. I mean, nobody knows what oolong tea is, you know. And then, and then, of course, it's it's like part of the the awkward Americanization of of things like that, where it's like, well, this is clearly a Japanese food item, but what ridiculous concoction can we come up with? Like, because 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 the funny part is in the dub, like Ty's mom is like this mad Doctor Frankenstein. Speaking of Frankenstein. She's this mad Dr. Frankenstein in the kitchen or some shit, right? Like, whereas, I think in the, the Japanese version, she's just like a nice mother yeah. who's like uh-huh. making cake for Ty because Kari went off to a birthday party and he's like, oh man, she's gonna go out and she's gonna eat cake. And the mom's like, ah, I can make you cake. Like, we got eggs. Like, we can, we can make some cake. It's cool. But then in the, in the, in the dub, it's funny because it's like, they call him like, uh, it's like the oolong tea. They're like, "Do you want some of my beef jerky shakes?" You know, it's just <laughs> like what? Like, okay. Yeah. Like, but you know what's funny is, like, to to an American audience, that makes sense. Why Izzy would leave feeling like super constipated, uh-huh. and, and oolong tea. We, they're, they're, I mean, it's two thousand, man. Like, we would have no fucking reference for that. Like, it wouldn't make any sense. So. I mean, you know, it's just, it, it is what it was, I guess, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I don't know, but, um, I, yeah, and, and of course it cracks me up listening to, uh, Rorish, you know, like that, that kind of stuff. 
one of the things I like about the very first uh, segment is uh, Agumon and Greymon have weight. Like, the way they're animated, they have an impact on their environment. And Agumon kind of feels scary at times. Like, he's kind of like, he feels mindless, and he's attacking cars and helicopters. And then, like, in the series, he's just like this cute little dinosaur guy that's like your friend. But here, like, Agumon and Greymon are kind of treated like these out-of-control beasts, almost. I don't know, it's just so different from the series. And the way it's animated, they just kind of tear apart their environment. It's just... I don't know, I kind of appreciated that. Yeah, I think I think you and I, especially being kaiju fans, you know, being fans of yeah. Godzilla, I think I think that's something that I mean, at least for me, you know, at that point, I I was I was already a fan of the Showa era Godzilla films, and then I think around that same time frame that that's when I was discovering, oh yeah, there's all these Heisei movies and there was about to be you know, I, I forget what the time frame is on it, but I had either seen Godzilla 2000 by this point, or it was like right around the corner, so it was going to sort of explode my my Godzilla, you know, kind of uh, knowledge or whatever. You know what I mean? Like like trying to get into all that stuff, you know, Ultraman the Next and and Tokusatsu and all that kind of thing. So I think I think seeing something like that, you know, it, it's interesting though because I mean I think I think the visual of it is impactful enough. I know that that's one thing I noticed about the Japanese version of that piece, because it seemed like without any music and with just kind of like these these frightening roars of the Digimon who don't really talk, you know, like like in the Japanese version, it's like it's very, you know, kind of uh, kaiju rific, you know what I mean? Like where it's just mm-hmm. roars and the buildings are exploding and yeah, the kids are trying to talk to them, but they don't, you know, and, and it's a little different when, when you're watching it and, and there's still roars and the buildings are exploding, but in the middle of it, people are like, I'm Fuckoman and I'm going to shoot, you know, blickety blickety at you, kabow, you know, or whatever the fuck Fuck-o-breath. they say. Yeah, yeah, it's like, fuck breath fuck breath fuck breath And it's like, it's like, that's, uh, and I, I don't know, like, like there, there is a sense of diffusion when, like, the attacks are all announced like that, and it's not quite, it's not quite the same thing as just this silent, you know, roar without any sort of, uh, I don't know, personality behind it. You know, it's like, it's like, it's this, this kind of, it's like a natural disaster versus like that. You get the sense in the dub. Like that, that language and that dub put a semi sense of control on what was happening. Whereas, like, you know how, like, you're saying, like, oh, it's so weird because normally, you know, the the guy would come in and be like, "Hi, Ty, I'm super fucking friendly," you know, and everything, and 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 just have this nice, sweet voice. Whereas in in the that first segment is like ten times as big as the little creature, and then it's like shooting fireballs at helicopters and all that other stuff where you're like, oh, wait, what, what, like, it's like, it feels threatened, sort of, you know, Mm -hmm. but not, you know, you're like, well, you don't have to do that. Or like, you you know what else is funny about that that I noticed was the, um, the dub. It's like, it's like when he, he breaks those vending machines, like, it's like, it's like somehow, like, they're, they're trying to 
teach some it's like th this is how morals have shifted in the old days you would have gotten a filmation thing where you know captain marvel or he-man comes out at the end and goes well kids you know it's not good to take any sodas from the vending machine because that's called stealing but then in this it's like i think the the like clearly she's she the, the little kid is taking Kari, right? As a baby is taking like all the sodas she can carry, but she keeps dropping them, right? And, and but then the 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 dub is just kind of like only two for you and me. You know, it's just like, oh, oh, that's different then. It's like it's fine if you're just ripping off enough that you can drink between the two of you, but I was just like, oh, okay. You know something else I noticed in watching the Japanese version is I don't think any of the Digimon like announce their attacks like they do in the dub. You know, there's like, there's no Paramon going Sonic Destroyer, or right, right, any right. of that. It's it's kind of different, and I get, I kind of, I wonder if that was the English writers maybe trying to ape Pokemon a little bit, or I, I don't know. I mean, uh, like that. That's kind of you. You you said the right phrase at least because I I wasn't like super into it as far as that goes. But like that that's kind of what I think helps diffuse the the scariness of that first segment because I think uh -huh. I think I think in the Japanese version it's a little more scary you know yeah. just just a tad more scary because because you don't have that where it's like you you feel like it's it's just out of control whereas I think w with that sense of you know if somebody's announcing something then that means they have some kind of plan I guess which is kind of like a strange way to look at it but like that's that's kind of how I took it. Yeah, like in the dub in that first segment, like Greymon says, "I'm Greymon now," but there's none of that in the Japanese version. He doesn't say anything. Sorry, I was on. just going to ask, like, how does that first part square with the series? Like, because I like I know didn't didn't they like kind of rejigger it as an episode, like in the series? Because I remember seeing yeah, that. Yeah, it, like, it, it it ties. I, I I mean, Justin may remember this in more detail than I do, but I mean, it's, it's kind of like, I mean, you remember when we were talking about Pokemon the movie and like Giovanni eventually shows up in the episodes and it's like a different perspective and all that stuff? Like, I'm pretty sure there was something where they constantly go back to this night. You know, it's like, I mean, I don't know if it's like slightly different or tweaked or reimagined or or if it was always that way but i mean th there was always that notion of them all looking out from their balconies of their apartments and then having that kind of moment that vision or whatever it was where that that caused them to be the digidestin like i mean i, I think the only real quote-unquote retcon is they're like oh you know rawrish is the fucking digidestin too you know or whatever <laughs> Yeah, yeah that, I, my memory is that's pretty accurate. Like, I, there's an episode where they're trying to figure out, like, oh, why did, why do we end up in this digital world? Like, what do we all have something in common? And I think they eventually reach the conclusion, like, oh yeah, we all saw this like giant monster battle, and now we're all in the digital world. And I, I think they try and tie that into there's this big search for the final Digidestin, and they're like, oh well, maybe the final kid was also there. And, you know, they have no idea it was Kari or anything. Yeah, I was just wondering, because I don't, like, watching, I don't recall, like, like, I, I don't know if it's, like, a retcon or what, because you would think, 
like in the first like episode of the series, they'd be like, oh, yeah, we've seen these monsters before. But I feel like they weren't like like I haven't seen that in years, but I feel like they weren't like, you know, oh, we've seen monsters fight before or something. I think I think it's supposed to be an age thing, too, though. I think it's supposed yeah, to be like like we were. I mean, I think that's why they overemphasize like, hey, look at how little shit these guys are when this happened. Like if you like think of it this way, like like. What's what's the first memory that comes into your head when I say, "Hey, Mike, what happened when you were three years old?" Uh, I don't know. Exactly. Like yeah. so that that's that's kind of like that's that's kind of like what I think is going on here. Like like it's it's more like a an ethereal like we witnessed this, but we were so young and we didn't exactly register it. And then you think about it, like then what, like you know. 10, 10 years go by or something like that, and then they all kind of, you know, put it in the back of their heads, you know, like type thing, you know, like, and the, and then and then it's like, then when all this stuff starts going down in the series, it's almost like, you know, it's like a Wolverine thing. It's like a repressed healing factor memory or something where they're like, oh yeah, we we remember this now, like, but we, we had sort of blocked it from our, our, our memories or whatever. Do you guys have any final thoughts on this film? It it made me want to finally go and watch those new movies. Yeah, I, I I mean, like I said, I'm a big fan, but I've not even seen those. I guess I kind of got lazy, but you've seen all of those, right, Derek? Yeah, I I went I went and saw them all in the theaters uh, back when we could do that, and I uh, I started buying them on Blu-ray, but then I kind of got butthurt because then I think they came out with like a set of all six of them, and I was just kind of like. I wish they had just done that in the first place or something or whatever. But so I, I don't think I kept up with, with getting them on Blu-ray, but I did, I did see all of them in the theaters. I enjoyed them. I mean, the animation's really nice. They, for the, the dub characters, with the exception of like TK, I think they got all the, the original people back. I want to say like Johnny Young Bosch is TK in that. But other than that, like the, the rest of the, original cast, you know, dub cast, they got back to do the dub for those and everything. And, um, I mean, yeah, I, I really enjoyed watching them and everything. Like it's, it's almost like, I mean, it's kind of like you're watching a new series, but over, you know, over six movies, pretty much as far as, as far as this goes, I mean, I, I, I feel like I kind of said my piece, but just to sort of reiterate, I mean, it's just, for me, this is, like, a lot of nostalgic fun. Like, I get into it and everything. Like, like Justin, I mean, I kind of I kind of dig the soundtrack and all the, the, the kind of the vibes and goofiness that that brings. Like, I, I, I enjoy, you know, listening to all that. I kind of I was wondering if Justin liked the opening theme just because, you know, it, it's got that digi-rap in the middle of it and all that kind of stuff. But, like, I, I, I still kind of thought, like, all that stuff was kind of funny and stuff. I, I, you know, of course, I, I'd probably say, like, outside of TK, you know, Ty is probably one of my favorites, so, like, that's, that, you know, it's kind of so, you know, standard, I guess, but, um, you know, it, it's like all those, you know, shorts and everything, you know, again, the, the, I, th I think, I think the visuals on the first short are, are outstanding, and, and, and are such a slap in the face, you know, that, that if you, if you, if, the, if that doesn't get you into, the wonder of the world. I, I don't know what would, 
The, the, the second short, I think, is really, really well written and really well made. I, I, I didn't get a chance to ever watch this, but I, I only know through osmosis, like through watching videos from other people and all this other stuff, that that, that that segment somehow inspired Summer Wars. And I've been meaning to watch that, but I never have. And, um, you know, like I said, the final segment, I love, I, I, because I, I freaking love Terrier Mon turning into fucking Gatling Gun Mon or whatever his name is. But, like, that that is money, dude. I love that shit. <laughs> um, but, I mean, as far as, like, comparing, you know, it's like, yeah, all the slices of pizza are good. It's it's still not the best slice of pizza in the pizza or whatever, like that, that kind of notion. So, but, um. Yeah, overall, I mean, you know, to me, like, a lot of fun memories, and, and uh, you know, when, when I put it on again, it made me smile and everything, so, I mean, this is, you know, yeah, I suggested it, so obviously I'm going to be like, rah, rah, but that's, you know, th- th- this is just one of my sort of nostalgic anime films, as far as that goes. Well, I guess that wraps up this episode of Big in Japan, and Derek, if you would do uh, your usual spiel, please. If you have any comments, questions, and or concerns, you can send us You've Got Mail at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. If you want to uh, slow down the speed of uh, What's-His-Face-Mon, you know, send us lots and lots and lots of mail. If you want the fanholes to slow down, too, you can send us lots of mail. If you want to check out the backlog of our episodes, you can see them over on fanholspodcast.blogspot.com. We appreciate all the likes, shares, hearts, retweets, etc. that we receive on social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and we can be streamed on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and Spotify, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts. And this is Justin, signing off. This is Derek. Derek W.C. Signing off. It's Mike. Signing off. Let's call Bill Gates. Or Bill Gates. Bill Gates. Barbarous. Rorish. Rorish.
I got a joke for you. I because I, I was looking at all the soundtrack stuff, and uh, they got all these modern reinterpretations of bullshit. You know, these guys tried to write this article. I'm like, what nonsense is this? They're like that bare naked lady song is about a dude who murdered his girlfriend. And I'm just like, what? Are you fucking shitting me? And then I click on the link, like, because I was, like, looking at it. And then it's, like, got all these, like, fucking dumb panels where it's, like, the dude killed his girlfriend and is, like, uh, uh, you know, all sad. So he's, like, sit, staying in the the room, but then she's, like, slumped over dead. And it's like, it's, like, see, that's why the lyrics say, like... It'll be two days till I say I'm sorry, because then it's going to be Monday, and the police are going to find him, and he's going to go to jail, because he murdered his girlfriend. And I'm just like, <laughs> what? Like, <laughs> what? Oh, and then the other thing the dude wrote was like, there's a line in it about the Sailor Moon girls and how the, the bare naked ladies think they're hot, which is very problematic, because this song is playing over Sora, who's a young anime girl and i'm just kind of like okay like the song's just about two people that had a fucking fight and sora and tai had a fucking fight that's all there that's that's it there's no other subtext that's it they had a fight the song's about two people that had a fight that's it and then and then they're going into sailor moon bullshit and i'm just kind of like you, you do know that, like, when Sailor Moon twirled around, she was fucking naked no matter what age she was, right? Like, I'm just gonna, like, what? I can't believe Sora's gonna read my letter. Wait a minute, unable to deliver? I can't believe she's not gonna read my letter! You try and tell a girl you're sorry and your computer shuts you down! <laughs> what?! 